Well, and just like that, here we are on Civically Speaking, and it is another wonderful cold, cold day out there. I think we're running into a stretch now of over 40-some days, I was told, that are at the minus 30 or just over in terms of every day hitting in there. So that's a long stretch of time. So I want to welcome to the show Lenny Siskin. Len, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on here. You've been on my list for a long time, so I'm really glad you're here. And We've already been strategizing on upcoming elections and panel panels, yeah. getting uh, tuned in and what the heck is going on there. But, you know, Len, you and I have known each other for a really long time. So yeah. here on Civically, Civically Speaking, we touch on all kinds of things civic-related. And, I mean, it doesn't get any more civic than the kind of the work you do. But I always kind of start off this way on this show. So for those tuning in to Community Radio 90.5 by the dial here, or you can actually tune in online. If you're getting scratchy reception on your FM, you can go online and hook in through any one of the various different ways. And if you want to tweet, you can just go to, just Google Civic Speaking and I come up on there or you can go through the CFCR website as well and we will be podcasting this so if you can't completely tune into this we'll be going that way but Len I always start off this way tell folks a little bit about who you are and kind of a little bit about what you do and then then we'll go on a meandering path here for the okay. next kind of few minutes <laughs> well first I'd like to thank you for inviting yeah. me on the show Lenore yeah. um, uh, so my um, I'm the executive director of Quinn Development Corporation, which is a nonprofit uh, community economic development organization in the west side core neighbors of Saskatoon. And um, I come to this uh, via um, a long history of being a community activist, and uh, and um, my my training is in uh, economics, and uh, so my area that I'm really interested in is how do we how do we build uh, local uh, economies that serve communities rather than communities having to always sort of answer to the economy, right? And so, mm-hmm. so it's always trying to how do we how do we build uh, local strengthen communities that meet the needs of, of underserved communities, and that's uh, that's kind of my passion and that's sort of the. My mission, I guess, at Quint, well, and that's that's been my my roots of my work is is always sort of uh, working towards uh, how do we create stronger communities, how do we empower uh, under under disempowered people and communities and yeah. build capacity. Okay, you still look young, but I know you've been at <clears throat> this a fair bit. So, how long has this journey been? Well, long? I started with Quint in. Um, I, I just finished my master's in 97, and yeah. I, I started in with Quint in March of 1998. Wow. So I've, last year, I celebrated my 20th anniversary uh, at Quint, and um, the organization is now 20, just turned 24. Yeah. So in 2020, we'll be selling, celebrating our 25th anniversary. Wow, that yeah. is a long time to be doing the work that you're doing. Yeah. Now, Quint, when we when I think of Quint, I know you know it means something. So, can you share for those that are tuning in what Quint stands for? Yeah, well, it's a it's a Latin word meaning five. So, it the origins of it were to signify the partnership of of five West Side core neighbors in Saskatoon, and those are King George, Pleasant Hill, Riversdale, Westmount, and Caswell Hill. And there, there was organizing going on, probably, probably even back into the 1980s, yeah. of, of community associations on the west side, 
addressing a lot of the <clears throat> deep-seated social and economic issues that they were confronting. There was a lot of <clears throat> concentrations of poverty and a lot of um, uh, work on rezoning happening in the core area and uh, the development. There was incentives for developers at that in the 80s to develop low-rise walk-up uh, rental housing and the feds and the city and the province were giving incentives for that development. Gosh, we remember those days, don't and, we? <laughs> and people are getting up in arms yeah. about that around yeah. all the yeah. demolition of single-family housing, yeah. the the shift towards uh, uh, rental uh, rental housing versus owner-occupied housing, and what was the impacts of that on on the neighborhoods and the stability of neighborhoods and the mobility of families and and even in the nineties there was cost of housing was going up. People were moving a lot in the core. And and especially in Pleasant Hill, uh, people were finding out that uh, high mobility rates, classroom turnovers of rates of 200 to 300%, directly related to unstable housing and mm -hmm. unaffordable housing mm -hmm. rates. People were moving a lot. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of this impetus uh, of community uh, leaders in the core needing to organize, saying, um, we're tired of outside developers coming in and and having these dramatic impacts on how our communities are are changing. How do we do, how do we take back control of the development agenda a little bit that could help move it towards something that could strengthen our communities? And mm -hmm. now, so they they met in in February of 1995. There was a two day workshop on community economic development. Nobody yeah. had heard of that yeah. at the time. Yeah. But when they heard about what it stood Except for... Except a few about, of us geeks that yeah, were in the area. <laughs> that it was about local control and uh, empowering citizens and, and including people that were always marginalized out of the development process. They got all excited about it and they said, well, uh, sort of um, on, on, on Sunday, totally unplanned, they said, let's come back and and form an interim board of directors. And by June of that year, the uh, Quint development was incorporated. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, then it's a bit of a story on how it, yeah. um, it's one thing to incorporate. It's yeah. another thing to sort of trying to have impacts. Right? Yeah. At the start of it though, Len, when in those first years and, and you were involved, you were there at the start and then came in as executive director and stuff. What were some of the key issues that you can kind of share with listeners that were that were the focus well, then? They haven't changed much mm -hmm. over the years. And, right? and we're gonna get there, yeah. yeah. Housing and employment. Yeah. Those were yeah. jobs and housing. Yeah. At the at nineteen ninety five, that's mm -hmm. what people were were saying. And that's still really the core work that Quint is doing to this day when you boil, yeah. when you sort of boil it right down to the essence. Yeah. Those are the two main areas that we work in really is affordable housing and employment. And so when you and, say that, how does what does that what does that look like? Well, back in the day, um, in in the nineties, uh, I was alluding to the high rental. So at the time, people were saying, <clears throat> "How do we create more um, home ownership for low income families in the core neighborhoods and turn that rental versus owner occupied stat around a little bit?" So we developed the home ownership pro neighbor home ownership program. And we set up home uh, co-ops, uh, sort of hybrid co-ops, where people would become members of a housing co-op for five years, and then they would take ownership of that house. And we, each co-op had about 10 houses, 10 to 15 houses in them. We would purchase and renovate existing houses, 
uh, the members of the co-op would occupy the house. And after five years, um, it's more complicated than that, yeah. but they would essentially become uh, uh, owners of that house and take mm -hmm. title of that house mm -hmm. from the co-op. And in about a, well, over the course of the next decade, we set up eight housing co-ops and mm -hmm. there's about 110 families, low-income families that yeah. became homeowners through that uh, process. And um, uh, and uh, so there's a, that was a very successful program in, ter in trying to create home ownership for people. The average incomes of in the of the families in those housing co-ops were like twenty thousand yeah. dollars combined household income. Yeah. Twenty thousand dollars, right? We were buying no. Now it was a different time in the real estate yeah. market too. We were buying houses in for forty-five to fifty to sixty thousand yeah. dollars. That was all in with renovations and yeah. closing costs, right? That would, yeah. that's unheard of now. Yeah. But uh, we were doing it at the time, and it became a model for. Um, the province, uh, through Saskatchewan Housing Corp, mm -hmm. started uh, set up the neighborhood home ownership program for in Regina and in Prince Albert, and I think they were doing some of it in Moose Jaw as yeah. well. Right? So uh, it it became a successful mall. Then the real estate um, market went crazy in two thousand and five, two thousand six, and um, it became unaffordable. So we mm -hmm. had to wind it down, and we shifted towards. Um, uh, affordable rental housing, partly because um, because we had a lot of people applying for the home ownership program, but only about fifteen percent of people who applied are eligible for home ownership. Probably because of their financial situation isn't uh, makes them qualified for yeah. mortgage, or their personal situation is not stable enough. Yeah. But people still needed affordable housing, and so as much as we uh, support home ownership opportunities for the vast majority of low-income families rental is really the, the the solution that needs to be followed and and at the time we were seeing all these run down remember I was talking about mm -hmm. all the develop the development yeah. of these low-rise walk-ups yeah. in the 60s and 70s yeah. now here we were 25 years later and they were sort of deteriorating uh, buildings becoming socially unsafe mm -hmm. and there's a whole slew of them in the core area of these low-rise walk-ups and so we said well people need affordable rental these buildings need to be renovated so why don't we start looking at buying and renovating these and creating uh, community focused sort of family friendly um, affordable rental housing yeah. through by revitalizing these all these existing rocks so the for the next 10 years that's what we, we focused on yeah and so now you go to today and yeah. so you go from the humble roots of neighborhood, you know, you know, home incentive programs, the whole notion of of ownership to realization of changing markets and housing, and then looking at how to create opportunities there for folks in a rental situation. Today, what's it like today, Len? Well, it's um, there's a the need for uh, affordable, like I think people talk about a housing crisis. The the, the, the real estate uh, market has really gr re grown dramatically in the last you know 10 15 years mm -hmm. but people's incomes have not gone gone up uh, accordingly right yeah. so so people have fallen behind the cost of housing has become really unattainable for a lot of people or unaffordable I should say 
And so we really need more affordable housing. People are being forced to live in overcrowded or substandard or unsafe places just to just to have a roof over their heads. Right? How's, how's that situation changed, Len, from the time when you were kind of coming in in the 90s? Because you know I've been around the block literally here for all of that time. From your lens, what all puns Well, in. I mean, <laughs> people, like for a two-bedroom apartment, yeah. uh, people when, when I first started, they were paying $500 a mm. month. And now that two-bedroom apartment is probably sitting at $1,100, $1,200 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, uh, but but people's incomes haven't gone up to compensate for that so it's a real struggle to have a de- to find a decent place mm-hmm. to live so um uh so the uh what we need to do is is really create more affordable uh rental housing in the core i mean there needs to be more owner occupied housing as well mm-hmm. i'm just not sure how to do it given the cost of land in the yeah. city and and the development costs that have gone up it's it's more it's moderated somewhat in the last couple of years because of the economic sort of leveling off, but um, but what I would say it's flattened out at the new high level. It hasn't dipped like um, like I think the provincial government when they um, when they they're making the case for getting rid of the rental housing supplement mm-hmm. in the last budget, we're saying oh yeah well housing prices or or rental prices are going down and vacancy rates are going up. But it, it really hasn't. Uh, the vacancy rates have not increased, for, especially for affordable housing. And uh, when I look at the projections for the next few years from mm-hmm. CMHC, Canada Mortgage and Housing, mm-hmm. they're talking about uh, rental rates going back on an upward uh, trend. And mm-hmm. same with vacancy rates, they're going to be going down. So, um, so the need for affordable housing is still crucial. And you know, and and then we talk about. There's a lot of talk about in the core neighbors about um, uh, gentrification mm-hmm. and what's been happening in Riversdale, yeah. and people sort of uh, really um, scratch their heads about what what can we do. People want to do appropriate development; they mm-hmm. don't want to be dislocating existing communities. And people are always going, "Well, what can be done?" And my answer is always, "Well, uh, we need more funding for affordable housing because if you don't, if you want to create." neighborhoods that aren't dislocating people then we have to create housing that they can mm-hmm. afford to mm-hmm. afford to live in eh? and you know I, you, you strike it you strike an examples close to home i remember when i was looking at homes in the 90s you're right you could get a home for you know in the range of kind of 50,000 to 90 was considered extravagant for the yeah. west side right yeah. especially in the core neighborhoods yeah, exactly. and now you look at even in those same neighborhoods you've got infill housing that have price tags on them of over half a million well even over half yeah. a million and when you start to look at ones closer to the riverbank yeah and so it does beg the question of, you know, where are folks going? What's happening within our community of Saskatoon in terms of, of where are people locating to? Well, you know, I'm, I'm also, uh, you know, I think some of, that, some of the development of the new housing that's not, a, not considered affordable rental, yeah. I guess, is, I, you know, I don't see it have a big problem with it. I yeah. think, um, you know, you, you want to create a healthy mix income neighborhoods yeah. right and but um that can't be the only thing that's dro- yeah. that's going on in the neighborhood right and so how and how do you how do you create healthy neighborhoods i mm-hmm. guess and and healthy mixes of incomes and you know uh so that's always 
you know, I, I, I work closely with some of the private developers yeah. and like and uh, these conversations all the time about how do we how do we strike that balance and how do we create you know uh, good neighborhoods that mm-hmm. that are that can be accessible to everybody, mm-hmm. right? So, what's um, some of the things that Quint's doing now that's helping well, to address that? We partnered with a developer on yeah. on setting up the mosaic uh, mm-hmm. how, uh, condo on at, on the three hundred block of Avenue D South, right yeah. behind the old um, liquor store, mm-hmm. which is now a food store. Yeah, and uh, and that was a good partnership because it, those were pretty. They they weren't affordable rental. They were. Uh, Private condo, uh, twelve units, but uh, they were a good development, right? Mm-hmm. And and for Quint, people were asking me, well, why why is Quint doing that? And I said, well, uh, it's a it's a uh, we it's a good it was a good fit for that street at the time. Right? Mm-hmm. It changed that that street. Right? What we what we took out of there was a really rundown house, and we and and a vacant lot that had been vacant for twenty years. So we didn't dislocate anybody yeah. and. It's really uh, added vibrancy to that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Plus, we 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 generated some re- uh, income from that project mm-hmm. that we used to invest in a subsequent affordable rental project mm-hmm. in Pleasant Hill. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which which just opened this last summer, which is a twenty-six unit, three and four bedroom um, townhouse development for uh, that's uh, affordable for lower income which is a families. that's a that's a big development yeah that's a area. big development yeah and, and that's uh, and where is that one that's on the 200 block of avenue o south yeah. uh, just down from saint mary's yeah. church yeah right and yeah. so that was a huge uh, change for that and we that was one of the sort of uh, some people would view that as probably one of the um the most stressed corners in the in the whole yeah. city right yeah. and uh, and we did we we were sort of very deliberate about why we picked that corner because it had a vacant uh, lot and it had uh, three houses that were rundown, uh, afford, uh, rundown rental mm-hmm. houses that uh, needed to be replaced. And uh, but we thought this could also change the dynamics of this micro neighborhood and have a very positive impact. Mm-hmm. And what's and, it been like? Well, I mean, it's only been operating. It only opened in yeah. June of two thousand. Yeah. Of this past year, yeah. so it's only been it's only been six months. Yeah, it, you know it's been great. Um, uh, uh, people have been uh, people are super pumped to move in there. They're moving into brand new yeah. three and four bedroom townhouses, which is great in that itself. That are affordable yeah. for them and their families. Yeah. and because we were having a lot of people applying for us to us and saying, you know, we we need we have we have three and four and five bedroom uh, four three and Three and four and five kids. Mm-hmm. We can't live in two bedroom apartments, mm-hmm. right? And like stories, like uh, families that were tenants of ours, and and two or three of their kids had to live back on the reserve because they couldn't live in a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. And this having them move into a four bedroom townhouse brought the whole family back mm-hmm. together, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing it to, is a to great be able story. to do, right? Eh? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and it's and they've created this little community there. You know, there's a courtyard there, and yeah. so it's been a um, a really positive thing, both yeah. for the people living there, but for the neighborhood as well. Yeah. And uh, and we need to do more of that, mm-hmm. a lot more of that mm-hmm. in the city, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the other programs? Because I know we talk about housing as one kind of component of Quint, but that's not all that yeah, Quint's so, involved with. So we've been we have a program called the Core Neighbors at Work program, mm-hmm. and we provide career and employment services for. 
like uh, this past year, I think there was about 1,200 people uh, registered with that program. So that it's serving a lot of people, and we people can get help with resumes and career counseling. But we also we also do little mini job fairs. So mm -hmm. we just this past week had a um, the, the city of Saskatoon had a mini uh, career spotlight at Station 20 West where yeah. we where we're located, and and they're using our employment services to to see if they can do their summer employment hiring through the Core Neighbors at Work program. So mm -hmm. it's really good linkage between employers and people who are looking for jobs in the Core Neighbors yeah. of Saskatoon, and we're trying to facilitate that more and more. That's great. And the week before, we had a, a big community job fair at um, uh, in the high schools in the mm -hmm. Core Neighbors. So we're trying to keep it in the Core, yeah. accessible. But there was like 900 uh, job seekers came out and about uh, I would say around 30 employers there that's great and they and people were taking home stacks of resumes yeah. right, at this thing so we're really trying to make the job market more accessible yeah and we're, we're reaching out to employers and trying to say and we're working with the business community yeah. to try and say we can we have a lot of people looking for work you're looking for people to you're looking for staff Let's let's see if we can create some employment opportunities. Yeah. And then our latest initiative is uh, a social enterprise called Build Up Saskatoon, mm -hmm. and where we're it's a partnership of ours with uh, Straight Up, which is a an organization that helps uh, former gang members mm -hmm. uh, leave gangs and go go down a, a healthier path in their lives. And so, but one of the things so they do all the sort of the soft supports for the for for their members, but. Uh, you know, people with a criminal record and people with tattoos on and uh, and uh, no, lo not a lot of work experience. They not that the tattoos have anything to do with it. They have a lot of trouble getting <laughs> yeah. getting, yeah. getting employment, yeah. getting jobs. Eh? Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, build up Saskatoon mm -hmm. is a social enterprise that we're that we're going we're saying, oh, oh yeah, you got a criminal record, check. You know, you 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 don't have a lot of employment his, uh, history. Check, you know, you're 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 being discriminated against because of whatever. Check, mm -hmm. well, you know, we're going to hire you, mm -hmm. right, and, and get you back into the labor market because it makes a lot more sense to hire people and, and help them get jobs yeah. than for them to be on welfare or or to be uh, reincarcerated back. Into, so yeah, and we're we're trying to we're trying to tell governments that. They should start looking at uh, social procurement policies because uh, if you can if you can hire hire people through a social enterprise, there there is a huge uh, social return on investment that mm -hmm. especially governments, the city and the province and the federal government mm -hmm. uh, accrue because uh, we you know if they if they if we can divert some of their uh, two billion or twenty billion dollars a year of procurement. Even a few percent of that to social enterprises mm -hmm. that are keeping people out of jail or keeping people out of out of the healthcare system mm -hmm. or out of the justice system mm -hmm. or or whatever, uh, you know, if they can, if we can create opportunities, but through their procurement processes, mm -hmm. we could start emptying out their jails, right? Mm -hmm. And we're I'm doing a lot of reading of um, work by Sean Loney, who's written a book, An Army of Problem Solvers. About their experiences in Manitoba, where they've been doing uh, uh, water retrofits in Manitoba yeah. housing, yeah. and uh, they've been doing uh, energy retrofits on First Nations mm -hmm. reserves and reducing energy costs 
and uh, creating jobs for First Nations members while they while they're doing um, uh, energy retrofits and uh, uh, on on their reserves. So it, it, it's a win-win situation, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you say this, and this is fantastic. I mean, Quint has done great work, and I know this hasn't been an easy journey. So I, the fact that you can keep young is amazing. Well, <laughs> you know, but, that's debatable. And when you mentioned something, Station 20, and it did click yeah. for me, because, I mean, I had a number. It was number 11 is one of the membership of, of an ongoing issue that we've had in our city around food security. And for yeah. those that don't know that word, you know, just simply just food and a grocery store and access to good, healthy, food that I mean you guys were part of that journey yeah. where, where are things out with that now I mean well, we sta- still see the junction sign when you yeah. drive down 20th I know that means well yeah station 20 west I mean uh, people equated always yeah. with the grocery store that yeah. we tried to uh, establish there um, and did for and a time did, yeah for uh, one of the board members always used to joke that we uh, outlasted uh, Target Canada yeah. Anyways, so, yeah that's right uh, yeah and, but uh <laughs> It last. We ran the store for about three and a half years, yeah. eh? and um, uh, it was a sad uh, realization that we ju- there just wasn't enough uh, people shopping there to keep the doors open. But uh, some people, we had some university re- uh, health researchers yeah. uh, uh, trying to follow the the health impacts on food security that the store had when it was in operation. And it did increase food security in Pleasant Hill significantly over the, when it was operating. Which right? meant that it gave some and, options and quality. Yeah, people were yeah. buying yeah. healthier foods, yeah. had better options, yeah. weren't buying as much junk food, I guess. And having and and not only that, but it created six uh, jobs, all for single moms who were who ran that store, yeah. who all lived in the core neighborhoods, right? And I always argue that. You know, if only if only governments could see the social returns of what was happening. This you know, better food security, employment for single moms in the core area, and and economic uh, strengthening of the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, uh, a small subsidy of you know uh, per year could have kept that store operating long enough that it could have reached a sustainable financial sustainability. But we didn't have enough capital to. To support it to that point, so and it sounds like t- and sounds like time too, time right? and time and money, yeah, to to really get that thing off the ground, yeah. And so station, but station twenty west, so it's not the store. We have to shut it down, but we've got uh, more tenants in there now, mm-hmm. and so station twenty west still has seven organizations uh, co-locating, and mm-hmm. I think there are uh, a lot of synergies in that building because of these organizations. Are all working to with the core neighborhoods on food security issues, on housing, employment, uh, justice issues, health issues. Do you want to mention who education those education issues? Yeah, and sorry to interject, but just quickly, who some of those tenants are? And I know you've yeah. got something in your in your hands that you want to share a little bit of too. But yeah. who's in who's there, and where are you located? Because there may be students in that listening to this show. Well, Station Twenty West mm. is a we call it a uh, a community enterprise center. Mm-hmm. So, and it's at 1120 20th Street West between Avenue K and L mm-hmm. on the north side of 20th Street, right where the tracks cross. And the, hence the name, it was on 20, it's uh, Station 20 West because it was on 20th Street West and right where the tracks cross, yeah. 20th yeah. Street. So, 
And eventually when the CP lines move and we, we get, get a light rail yeah, system, yeah. this will be a station. On you're the, you're on, on the, the same page as me then. Yeah. We're, we're thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the organizations in there, the health region has uh, their uh, neighborhood health center, which mm -hmm. is their building health equities team, yeah. trying to address the health disparities in, in, in the city between the core area and the rest of the city. And then there's the University of Saskatchewan has their Office of Community Engagement and mm -hmm. Outreach Office. So they're trying to reach out and uh, the university into the core neighborhoods of Saskatoon. Yeah. Of course, Quint is there yeah. with our uh, Housing and Employment yeah. uh, Resource Center. And uh, Kids First is there and they provide uh, early pre and postnatal uh, home visiting for at-risk uh, new moms and kids. Mm -hmm. eh? And CHEP Good Food is there, a food security organization yeah. that people probably know about. And, and the newest member of our family is the Elizabeth Fry Society. Oh, good, yeah, they're in, there now too. Is yeah. in there. And they're, they're really thinking it's a great fit for them because mm -hmm. they love being in the community space and mm -hmm. having all these other like-minded organizations. Yeah. And there's really good synergies happening. They're doing work with CHEP. Yeah. They're doing work with the university, with the health region or the health authority yeah. that's in the building. And with Quint, we're working on, right now, we're working on a, a housing initiative with, yeah. in partnership with EFRI for women leaving uh, the justice system, yeah. right? So all these conversations just happening, you know, in the hallway and, you know, over over lunches in the building, eh? That, that wouldn't happen if we weren't all in the same building, mm -hmm. right? And they're leading to some really in, innovative co collaborations, I guess, eh? And then, of course, we have a... Uh, a little social enterprise in the building called the Boxcar Cafe yeah, that yeah. people should come there daily for lunch because yeah. there's great yeah, Thanks for reminding food. me of that too. And, yeah. um, and and if you want, we've got great meeting space in Station 20 and if you want have big or small meetings, we can yeah. cater them and, uh, and make sure that they're a great event. Wow. I mean, yeah. Len, I can't believe you still got all this energy and here we are, we're at the end of our half hour and we haven't even touched on challenges and opportunities yet looking yeah. forward so we must have you back yeah well let's keep it going we will keep it going thanks so much Len for coming yeah. on the thanks show for having me. yeah this was all about Quint today and Len Siskin, who has been involved in community economic development in Saskatoon for a long time and is doing great stuff out of Station 20 West for anyone who wants to know about that organization again Google is such a wonderful thing but you can just go online and, and look up Quint and you will find all of the different organizations through that or Google in through Station 20 West. Thanks so much, folks, for tuning in. Up next is the USSU Show. Take care. Stay warm out there.